It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Player Profiler and our podcast network is super resource intensive and we rely on premium subscriptions to the website playerprofiler.com to keep the engine running. Go there, sign up for our player rankings, Dynasty Deluxe, DFS package, or go all in. Those that subscribe are everything to us. That's cool. <laughs> That's the new graphic to start? That's it? Oh, wow. That was... I'm shaking. It might be one second too long for that sound, but it's pretty It's pretty damn perfect. I don't know, man. I'm kind of a fan. Should we do it again? Can you do it again? Do it again. Let's do it do again. Her drums, the sword. I was like an hour of like drum research of looking for the perfect sound. Dude, your attention to detail wait, wait, with the creative <laughs> things, it comes through so well. Oh, you're doing great, Billy. That's wine helps. Wine, I definitely like the wine, the creative juices. Yeah, I'm doing some production uh, this 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 weekend. I'm going to be showing off the data analysis tool. So we uh, just to keep. Keep it fresh for the people, right? We're going to mix it up. We have different different types of uh, reads, different types of ads that we run uh, for player profile. It's just not the same thing over and over again. Great. Well, we're talking, uh, what, value drafting tonight? We're going to talk in some free agent bargains and late night sleepers. Yeah, I think late round sleepers. You're late night sleeping is what it is. That's what I was well, it's, it's late night, late round sleepers and values. I, I, this is what I wanted to talk about because I was like, listen, can we just focus on some sleepers and focus on some late round guys that everyone should be soaking up? Right. I mean, I had uh, a show where I was talking about Kenneth Gainwell. I was taught, I did a show talking about, hey, you, you need to make sure that you're o- overexposed to these rookies. I think the last time we, we did the Dominator, I was like, gotta overexpose yourself to these rookies in the double digit rounds with asymmetrical upside. You know, Theo has been talking about guys like Kendra Miller. Roshan Johnson. There's a whole bunch of these guys. It was Israel Abanacanda before the 40 time. He's still very easy to attain, even he's after climbing, he, he he melted faces. He's climbing, but you know, it's, it's a it's it's a rope that's just slipping through our fingers now. This Israel Abanacanda, but these are the types of guys to get. But then there's also players that have some of the similar principles that we love about the rookies. That that we're not sure where they're going to play next year. And they could end up in a best case scenario. They could end up being the lead back for the Chargers. They could end up being the lead back for the Falcons and a bunch of other places that would be exciting and take advantage. And there's some quality rookies that are values, as we talked about, but there's also some quality veterans, especially those that have either been mothballed by their current teams or don't have teams. That's... I the majority of the best values are those types of players. And it's this every year. It's just, it's hard to stomach drafting a player with just an empty next to his team, right? Or an FA. It's very difficult. I get it. I get it. But you just have to do it. 
Yeah, there's a lot of these players. I mean, and then I understand they're not sexy names. They're not sexy picks at this point in their career with a few of these. But nonetheless, some of them are a year removed or even coming off a season where they were still very productive. And and we, we, we're in drafts. We're passing on them, you know, or maybe we're they're an afterthought. We're we're going over to the, the new shiny balls, right? All the rookies coming in. But and I understand the upsides there. But when it shiny comes down. Balls? Yeah, you know, like what? <laughs> shiny balls in there. Like, ooh, I want that. Guy. I shiny want that balls? Thing. Yeah, you never I heard of shiny toys. No, the sh- sh- shiny ball syndrome. It's like it's like a, it's a mixture of like the dog, you know, like like you know, like I guess I'm I'm. It's a hyper. What's the word? Were you mixing two different? You're uh, mixing metaphors. Yes, there's a word for this. I forget. It's a, I forget I the it's name. Mixed metaphor. It is, but I love doing it. I always do it. It's well, like, I like I like it when you do it because it's silly <laughs> and fun. You just think about shiny balls. <laughs> You know, get them cleaned up and shiny. So we got, uh, you know, I'm not, I lost my train of thought. We got, so uh, veterans here, there's still a lot of opportunity for production. And like you said, they're not on teams yet, but when they land, we expect them to climb an ADP, right? First name I want to talk about is, is, is Kareem Hunt right now. FFPC ADP is going at 122 rounds, 10 to 11 right now. He lands somewhere like let's just say, okay, Joe Mixon. Now all this new, all all the new legal issues that resurfaced today. Let's just say Joe Mixon's out of the equation. Very well possible they're going to save ten million dollars if they cut him. What if Kareem Hunt lands in Cincinnati? Where does his ADP go? Well, Kareem Hunt's only twenty-seven. Yeah, and Kareem Hunt has hasn't had two hundred plus carries since twenty seventeen. 2017 since he commanded 200 plus carries and he had 1300 plus yards that year with another 455 receiving yards. He was the RB five in fantasy football. The year after that, he was the RB eight with even more fantasy points per game than the year prior because he had 14 touchdowns in only 11 games. This is a quality running back. The Chiefs have not had anyone like him since he left. He's been behind Nick Chubb, and it's understandable that you would be the 1B behind Nick Chubb, but he very much was the 1B. He was not just, oh, a breather back. He played a lot. He played significant red zone touches Yeah, where he was on the field with Nick Chubb on the sideline. He's an interesting guy. Very int- I mean, I understand why teams are avoiding a player like this because he's also had intersections with law enforcement at various times. There's talk about, you know, uh, his behavior, getting him banished from the league. And and now he's had, uh, you know, a, a clean track record off the field for at least a couple of years. But if you're a team and you're like, well, I could sign Fournette or I could sign Kareem Hunt. Fournette at least, you know, maybe Fournette is a bit truculent, but at least he has an intersection with law enforcement. We're just going to go that direction. So I understand why Kareem Hunt is still a free agent, but once these other guys sign, once these dominoes start falling, eventually he's going to fall. And I think he and Fournette are the guys that actually have you know, RB1 seasons on their resume and they still have receiving upside. And so I'm, I'm very excited. I mean, FFPC, just in the last two weeks, Kareem Hunt is down more than a full round just because every week that goes by, he doesn't sign. There's a little bit of hope. Oh, maybe he's maybe he's Todd Gurley. Maybe he's David Johnson. Maybe he's Le'Veon Bell. Maybe he's just 27 and out of the league and irrelevant. I don't think so. I don't think so either. We didn't see anything from his play that suggests that he's dust in any way, shape, or form, or that somehow he's he's regressed. No, I mean he ran a route on 45 percent of Cleveland dropbacks last year. There were times when he was playing with Chubb on the field together. That It was number 18 in the league, his route participation rate. And he had 242 routes run as a running back, which was top 17, and he was top 10 in catch rate. So the guy was still great in the passing game. That's all you're looking for. He's going to pay off at that ADP easily. All he needs to do is land somewhere that primarily has a between-the-tackles grinder, and he can come in and soak up 40% of the touches and command the, the, the targets out of the backfield. That's all he needs to do. And, he, and he'll, he'll smash. 
Man, I think he still has the ability to be a great three-down back. Uh, he's not past that AJ picks yet, and I understand everyone's argument right now is, oh, his efficiency. His efficiency was 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 falling off a cliff last year. He only averaged three point seven yards, true yards per carry, running back sixty. But he's one year removed from being inside the top ten at that position. Like part of me thinks, and this is where I I kind of go back to the human element versus just the analytics. Right. There was a lot going on in Cleveland last year. He requested we requested a trade. He wanted out of there. He wasn't, you know, granted that he wasn't able to find a trade partner. Wasn't wasn't out of Cleveland. So he finished the season. But how much would your heart be in it knowing that, hey, I'm on my last year, my contract on a team I don't want to play for on a contract year where I could get hurt and maybe not get a contract next year? Would you play your entire heart out for that organization? Uh, yes. So, Billy, uh, I hate to break this to you. We should have we wish we had a breaking news sound effect, but all these guys are always playing their heart out at all times, because if they don't, they will get injured. So that is a fallacy that a guy's out there thinking about his contract. That's not real life. That's not how sports works. How sports works is you're part of an 11 man unit. And if you're 11 man unit in the downs and distances where you're getting a carry is not opening running lanes. You're not going to put up a high yards per carry, but we have metrics that show a running backs independent efficiency, right? His ability to avoid tackles irrespective of the run blocking. And he was top 20 in evaded tackles per touch juke rate, which tells me he still has the juice. It's just that he was stuffed over and over and over again. 27 stuffed runs, 22% stuffed run rate. That was right up there with Rashad Penny. It's the same argument I had about Rashad Penny, where on the Sonic Truth show and on the Mind of Mansion show, I keep bringing up Rashad White. And I'm like, Rashad White is an all purpose back yes. who was inefficient in a small sample with bad run blocking last year. And it was because the team lost a lot of its linemen, right? There were they the narrative all year around Tampa was this offensive line's been decimated. It's killing Brady. It's killing the running game. The only one that's helped by this is essentially Fournette out of the backfield. And it's the same thing. The run blocking rating for the Browns when Hunt was running the ball was outside the top 50. It was just 48.8. It's not good. Let him get in a situation where he's at least getting league average run blocking. He's not getting stuffed at a ridiculous rate. And then a lot of those juke outs are going to end up going for big plays. It just didn't happen to happen last year. Okay. Right. Only had 123 carries. There's only so, so many chances you're going to have on 123 carries to break long runs especially if the run blocking is subpar. I can't believe this. Like I've never been Mr. Kareem Hunt. Like this has not been my thing. He's not been my, and I've been validated time and time again, right? Yes. He's a guy that you can play in DFS. I love playing him in DFS in tournaments because, you know, just on the chance that for whatever reason, game script or an injury to Chubb, you get 30 plus points at value from a guy like Kareem Hunt. So I've liked him in DFS in tournaments in recent years. That's been the only time I've really been excited to roster this guy. Now for the first time I'm looking up and oh, oh this guy. Oh, okay. He's going to pick 122.2 tight end premium FFPC single quarterback league round 12 round 13 now round 14, you're seeing it. This is the exact type of running back. When you do hero RB, okay, you, zero. You, you, you build around a particular running back that you like. And some of these zero RB drafts are really hero RB drafts because some of these guys you can get in round four and five are actually heroes. That's true. That's the beauty of this year. You get some hero backs in, in round four, round five. And then... You, Kareem Hunt can be like your third running back and you can load up on running backs in that zone. I'm loading up on guys that don't have teams, whether they be rookies or people in this Kareem Hunt archetype. He's not dust. He's definitely not dust. He's been lightly used for the last five years. 
there's nothing not to like except that you don't know where he's going to end up playing. Next running back on the list is Leonard Fournette. Similar scenario here, not on a team. FFPC ADP is even later. What? 146.4. So we're averaging rounds 12 to 13 based on ADP, but he is certain to sink as well. Um, Fournette is coming off a year where he had 73 receptions. I understand that was with Tom Brady. Six total touchdowns last year. He had a combined 1,100 yards plus, right? He's RB12 last year in, in fantasy points per game. Um, so we know that he can still be productive here. The, the issue is Leonard Fournette and his weight, right? It's always been the concern with him. However, a lot of places where he could still potentially land and teams may wait till the draft, see what they get inside the draft with rookies and, and what may, may or may not happen. And then from there, uh-huh. names like Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt to sign somewhere. And if he signs, where does his ADP shoot up? I mean, he's going around 12 and 13. Is he now round eight, nine, 10? Where does he, how far does he shoot up if he lands on a team? When he lands on a team. Fantasy football is so easy, <laughs> right? You get, you get one premium running back. You're surrounded with a ton of premium receivers. And then you just pick off all these guys. Pick, yeah. pick, 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 pick. Running backs with upside. Abana Kanda, Miller, Fournette, Hunt. Boom, 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 boom. That's how you do it. There. And then you're done. And you print money. <laughs> what, is, what am I missing here? I would think that Fournette would actually have an earlier ADP than Hunt. Yeah, it's later. I mean, and right now, he, so he was he was running back number three last year in receiving yards, 523. Number three in receptions of 73. Total yards as a running back last year, RB 22. Fantasy points per opportunity, running back 23. Fantasy points per game, like I said, RB12 earlier. They're still they're still tanking this gas, right? And, and he's going to be able to perform when he lands on a team. Maybe he's a goal line back, mixes in on third downs. He's not going to be a workhorse back and maybe doesn't get the opportunity that he saw in Tampa, but he's still going to be productive. He's still going to be a flex play for season long. Best ball is even better. He's going to have his spike weeks. You're getting him this late in drafts. Oh, man, I've been drafting him, and I'm not even a huge Fournette fan. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I am a Fournette fan. So I'm, I'm more of a Fournette fan than I am a Kareem Hunt fan. Ooh, interesting. But Leonard Fournette's awesome. <laughs> he just happened to be on a team with a an injury ravaged offensive line. That same team that Rashad White was on, and he was on a team with Rashad White. Where they're like, oh, we have a, we have a, a essentially a a younger, more dynamic version of Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. So we're gonna have to make sure these guys you know share the football, right? So another player who has not seen two hundred carries. In many years, it's been 2019 since Leonard Fournette saw 200 plus carries. That was with Jacksonville. So, yeah, he is absolutely like he's the biggest satellite back <laughs> satellite back. ever, <laughs> right? But you can see him like you, he is that, six, that, foot, six foot, 230 pound satellite back. Yeah, like, oh, same same excuse. He only had 3.5 yards per carry. But again, <laughs> he had 35 stuffed runs. He had the same run blocking rating we talked about earlier, 52.8. All these guys with these, you know, run blocking ratings around 50, high stuff run rate, no breakaway runs, but you know, respectable juke rates above 20, showing me, okay, they're not dust. He still was top 25 in yards created per touch. He's not total dust. Like in the, the there's the dust spectrum, right? So you get the you have Hunt, and then you have Fournette, and then you have Elliot. And Elliot much dustier, right? He's just he's been through a lot more. Fournette's also been been relatively healthy. You know, he, he he played 16 games last year. That was a career high in games played. Did you know that, Billy? Oh, uh, was it really? Yeah, career high games played for Leonard Fournette, 16 games. Wow, Yards per route run yeah, as a receiver, 1.44, number 13 in the NFL. So he was particularly effective in the passing game, number one in catch rate, but that's also the catch rate. You've got to put some context around that. Tom Brady makes it very easy for running backs out of the backfield. Yep. If it were Daniel Jones throwing to him, it would not have been the same catch rate. Understood. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, let's go. Let's go with Fournette. He is explosive. I know that he didn't have enough breakaway runs like to show that, okay, he is 
He's certainly lost a step. Yes, but he's coming from a place with a 92nd percentile speed score that he can lose a step and still be relatively explosive. All right, the next back I want to talk about, I want you to tell me value or are you out? Ezekiel Elliott, FFPC ADP right now is 129. However, I got him in a draft the other day in round 17 in an FFPC best ball league. At what point are you comfortable drafting him? I know he's now not signed on a team. He's had, you know, 200 plus carries in every single career game, every single career year, 300 in a few. He's got a lot of tread on the tires that's been, you know, removed or say no tread on the tires now. His yards per carry has been just declining year after year after year. What point are you comfortable drafting Ezekiel Elliott? Because he's going right now as usually RB48 to RB50-ish on average. If someone tells me he's going a top 50 running back in a fantasy draft, I would say, I don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe you. Where you got him, I believe. So I don't know what these drafts that are happening where he's going that early. I don't understand that. I would be out on him at that point. Where you got him is where I would draft him. So th- this is a situation where he's much dustier. It's like, yes, I get it. Blowing up the dust. Passing game upside is not there. You're 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 desperately hoping for a touchdown dependent landing spot to come to fruition, maybe, right? But I know wherever Hunt or Fournette goes, they're going to soak up targets. So can Zeke Elliott be like, what was the year LeGarrette Blunt had all those touchdowns inside New England? Could you see something like that happening with Zeke Elliott this year? No, no. I mean, you want to chase the LeGarrette Blunt 20 <laughs> touchdowns? Is that what you're doing? No. no. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I know. You're a terrible devil's advocate. I mean, that is just evil. Like, you're, you, can't, you, can't be, you can't be pumping people up with hope on Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not pumping up. I'm just asking, at what point are you comfortable? Because there's a point in every draft where I have been in. That I'm, I'm, he, I'm, I'm in, crossed, man. I'm in on him crossed. when he's super cheap. I'm in, like I said, but I'm much more comfortable with Hunt and Fournette. And I'm looking at the names on the board. And I'm like, man, Zeke's still there. Like, do I just take him because what if? Right. What if he is able to fall in the end zone eight times this year? What if he lands on a on a team like Buffalo or he lands on a team like, you know, Cincinnati or he lands on a team that he's really going to utilize him in the red zone? There's a lot of what if scenarios with him. I know. And I, I definitely agree. He's dusted like he's looked horrible the last couple of years. And Pollard was much, much more explosive back. But he always falls forward. He's very productive in the red zone. There's a place where I'm in drafts, and every time I get there, it's usually like around 14 or around 15 right now. And I, I see his name on the board, and I'm like, if he comes back, I'll probably take him. And I don't feel good about it, but I also am like, eh, it's round 14. How You're many times over Fournette? Is Fournette gone? No, I mean, I'll take Fournette over him because I like, yeah, the, okay, the, okay. I like, but I'm saying Fournette usually goes, and it, those are like the last kind of dusty tier running backs that are there. And then you get into really like no man's land and to, you know, now it's like the tier two and three rookie running backs, right? That that don't have as much upside as 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 the ones that we all really like. And this is where he used to be able to get, you know, a band of canna, but now he's he's climbing up draft boards. But at what point are you saying RB fifty and higher you're comfortable taking him? Or are you just saying no, I'm out? It's just I'm always gonna like a rookie more. <laughs> there's always a rookie. I'm always there's there's it's always a Spears. I'm going to go rookie there. Probably that's what's <laughs> going to happen. I'm just not going to end up with him. I'm just telling you right now. I'm not going to end up with him. So, I mean, I, 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 I get the theory of the case. There's absolutely I'm with you. Like I am with you. Right. But I uh, just I can't do it. Right. I can't do it. So I'm looking at our rankings right now. FFPC rankings. We have Ezekiel Elliott at RB40. Yeah. Which is ahead of Kareem Hunt, ahead of Fournette, ahead of Kendra Miller and Charbonnet. I would not take him that high. I would not take him that high. I, I think you and Dario need to huddle up on that. Yeah, this is also with ADP baked in, and they, this is off of the seasonal, right? The seasonal hasn't, they haven't had as many drafts as the best ball, so that they haven't been as, as, uh, 
reflective as ADP, but as ADP catches up, he'll definitely come down. I know. Yeah, it, his ADP was higher, and now his ADP is checking in at one twenty nine point one. Yep. And so we are gonna we he is gonna drop. So just for all our subscribers, <laughs> you can you can bake in ten plus spots. Yeah, probably. He's probably he's I'm, gonna drop. He's gonna be below Alexander Madison. He's gonna be below a lot of these guys. Yeah, I'd say he's gonna I mean, be down there in the Dante Foreman zone. That's where he belongs. Yeah, maybe slightly higher, but that's about right. Yeah, uh, that's where that's where he that's where he belongs. Next player we have uh is I can't listen. believe where we have uh Clyde Edward Solaire. We have Clyde Edward Solaire at RB fifty six. Uh, it's a sneaky one this year, man. They don't have Jarek McKinnon has not resigned. Oh, and I know yeah. I, he hasn't resigned. So as of right now, he's the projected third down back. And I know people don't like it and they don't think it's going to happen. But as of today, that's that's who's projected to be the mm. third down back. It mm. may change after the draft and they, they and the free agency kind of resumes. But as of today, April 7th, 2023, I am projecting him to be the third down back until we see otherwise in free agency. I would say that uh when you and Dario huddle up on Monday, mm-hmm. when you update the FFPC rankings for tight end premium on the site. What people are going to find is essentially a switching uh, of uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Israel Abanacanda. These are going to be the two ships in the night passing. Oh, yeah. I love where we have Hubbard, by the way. I was so happy to see where we have Hubbard at RB49. That is dead on. That's a sneaky sleeper right there. Yeah, I think he's going to be involved, especially looking at what Deuce Staley did last year with, you know, both running backs. He's actually one of my most on running backs right now in in best ball because we know he's going to be sneakily. He's going to be he's going to be sneakily involved in this offense. Oh, yeah. Um, I have him a lot higher than most people do in their rankings, but just based upon the amount of, you know, opportunity that's there, the way this pie I anticipate to be broken down. He's definitely been a backup in targeting late, late, late in drafts because you can get him in around 17, 18 in some drafts. And at that point, I'm looking up there. I'm like, oh, I could take, you know, my eighth receiver or I could take, you know, my my sixth running back or maybe my ninth receiver or my sixth running back. And I usually lean towards Chuba in these drafts just because I do think he's going to be heavily involved. Yeah, I mean, his yards per route run catch rate, really impressive right there with Fournette, really 82% catch rate, 1.9 yards per route run, just didn't have the sample, right? Didn't have the sample size that you want. But when you look at like, uh, you know, target rate and I mean, it, it was, it was all, it, it was all, uh, it was all impressive, you know, the target rate, which is targets per route run. The guy, the guy's impressive. You got you, yards per touch. Number six in the NFL. He had a 2000 yard season at Oklahoma state. And he's shown that he is beyond adequate in the passing game, that he is actually a quality receiver with the requisite size to be an every down back. He is exciting. He's 23 years old. He came out super young. He's a dominant college runner. He said all purpose back. He wasn't even that heavily used in the passing game in college. He maxed out at 23 receptions. So we had no idea. Right, what he was going to be is like twenty three catches on two thousand rushing yards. Hit three hundred and twenty eight carries that year at Oklahoma State. Wasn't necessarily that fast, but did run a four five flat at his pro day. You forget this guy was a, a highly regarded prospect, running back prospect, and he's still only twenty three years old. And there's not that big of a difference between him and Miles Sanders. I believe at this point you could you, we, we would agree that he's a better receiver than Miles Sanders. And it, Miles Sanders isn't like this you know, savant runner. It's not like, oh, Miles Sanders between the tackles doesn't get any better than that. He's you know, Miles <laughs> Sanders is not some broken tackle machine, right? He's been he's, behind one of the best offensive lines in football, too. Yeah, Miles Sanders has been a disappointment because of his lack of involvement in the passing game. And as soon as they insert Kenneth Gainwell, boom, you see, oh, no, this is a team that will throw the running back when he's open. Right. That's that's that underlying concern I have about Travis Etienne vis-a-vis Jamichael Hasty. It's like, well, OK, they don't they don't throw the running back unless it's Jamichael Hasty. Well, wait a second. What does that mean? Right. Well, they don't throw to the running back unless it's. Kenneth Gainwell. Oh, okay. And we're going to say, oh, they don't throw the running back in Carolina unless it's Chuba Hubbard. And it's like, is, is Miles Sanders really giving you that much more in the running game than Chuba Hubbard would? 
Probably not, but they signed Miles Sanders to a four-year deal, which running backs rarely get. So he's going to get first crack. He's going to be the starter. There's going to be drafts right up with Miles Sanders, right? But a lot more Chuba. I was trying to find Clyde Lair in the running back rankings, and I kept typing in his name. Did you change his name to bad running back or who? <laughs> it's been bad running back for a year. It's bad running back. I can't believe we have him so high. I was looking Dario, everywhere. Dario, I mean, again, in, in fairness to you guys, <laughs> Elliot was going a lot higher not long ago. And so that oh. you, know, you, you basically had him at ADP with, you know, just not sure where he's going to end up. All right. This, this, is, this, is a, this is a valid conversation I want to have because. These are running backs who have either underperformed, have been on a descent or decline, I should say. However, as of today, Clyde Rosalaire is, is, is only one of a few running backs on this team. Do we expect them to add a running back high in the draft, right? So I know we still have Pacheco, right? There's, there's still, there's going to be opportunity for more than one back is what I'm saying. And I'm not this huge Clyde Edwards Alaire like Stan at all, but we look at what he did in the beginning of last year. He, he was on a bender last year. Like he was RB six in fantasy points per game. Week one RB eight in fantasy points per game in week two RB 14 in fantasy points per game in week three RB. Are you only going to do fantasy points? You're going to give us any of the underlying metrics where he had zero rushing yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> we, we could talk about the receptions I'm, to where I'm going with this is his involvement in the passing game. He was saying three, four, five targets. He was seeing 74 you know, total yards, 118 yards. Yes, there's a couple of them. Were I was told games. that I was being cliche and obvious and I wasn't adding any value with any of my TikToks or any of my videos because I kept saying Clyde Edwards Lair was the sell of my lifetime. And everyone's like <laughs> preaching to the choir. Everybody's saying that Come up with something new pod father be unique. So I was saying he was the sell of a lifetime. And then every other analyst was was drafting off of that and saying the exact same thing. And then exact, I mean, it was like poetry. I, there, every year, there's a couple takes where you hit them and it's just the, it's the, it's the barrel of the bat right on the dead center on the baseball. And, and selling Clyde Edward Soler after whatever it was, week four. Oh, yeah. That was the, that, that was the best point to was sell. Was the stone nuts move. You, you sell them a week ahead, like, okay. Well, you you sold him too early. I'm like, just wait. Just wait for the shoe to drop, please. Thank you. And then guess what happens? The shoe drops, my friend. The shoe so, drops. So great. Best time to sell him. But what I'm saying was they actually used him in the passing game, and he was actually finally being productive as a fantasy asset. You watch those games, right? I mean, I'm not a big they film great, watcher, but, it's but still the he, didn't look, he, he looked like he was getting the bare minimum. I agree with that. However, it's still the Chiefs offense, and this is still a high-powered offense in the NFL. And this is where we go back from, okay, yes, we want to chase upside. We, we want to chase the total amount of fantasy points. But there is a point where you're in drafts and you're looking for a usable player. I heard and, people debating this with Mark Ingram last year. And we're talking about Where are we going to draft Mark Ingram? Look at Josh Jacobs last year. This and is I'll, another one. No, it's not about Josh. Josh <laughs> that's not the same thing. We're talking about Everyone a, a said running he's back. He's old. He's done. I was we saying are talking about a running back. With the, the, the team was out on him. The team said, hey, you're our starter. And then the next minute they said, nay, you're gone. You're not coming back. You're banished. We got three running backs. We'd rather play other than you. We're sick of you. You're done. And you think that he's going to do something this offseason after making all this money as a first round pick and and getting demoralized by the team. You think he's going to bounce back well from this? If Has he shown you anything throughout his career that this is a mentally tough person? He showed me weeks one through four this year that he can be the passing down back inside Kansas City. He was never the between the tackler. We saw that his rookie year on the goal line where he like was on the one yard line, got stuffed like th all four times or whatever it was. It was like brick wall, brick wall, brick wall. All I'm I'll just say this. I'll just say this. And by the way, Shout out to Underdog. Underdog came back and sponsored the show this year. And we've been in the, these Underdog drafts. And we love Underdog. The promo code is Underworld. Okay, Underworld is the promo code on, on Underdog. You 
double your deposit up to $100. So you put in 100, you get 100. I was talking to someone today who said, you know what? I've heard a lot about Underdog the last couple of years. I never actually downloaded the app. Do you know how easy it is to download the app? They make it so you go to the app store, you type in Underdog. It's the first app, boom, right there. You hit download. And then to get set up and deposit, there's no app. There's no fantasy gaming app that makes it easier to set up an account and deposit and start playing. And then the beauty of Underdog is because it's so popular, these drafts fill in minutes. You're not waiting for an alert. You're not trying to see if you can join a draft and then maybe it fills, maybe it doesn't. And it's 30 minutes to go. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. No. Underdog fills. That's the It's on demand, best ball drafting at its finest. We love Underdog. The promo code is Underworld. And on a on underdog where you're drafting in best ball, you don't have the luxury of the waiver wire. You don't have the luxury. You absolutely he is radioactive in a format, a draft master format where you cannot go to the waiver wire and you're going to draft five to six running backs. You cannot just light running backs on fire in that format. Yes, okay, in a seasonal league, right? If this this is an FFPC main event team and it's late and Edwards Hilaire is there and you think he might be the starter for week one somehow. Okay. They're, they're That's back. not going to happen. It's going to be Pacheco or some guy they draft, but okay. Could be Fournette, right? I would love it to be Fournette, by the way. That would be amazing. It would, that would be, would be just a finger in the eye. Finger <laughs> in the eye to so many analysts. Fournette to the Chiefs. Make it happen. So, <laughs> oh, finger in the eye. Please. All right. Last God. piece. Last piece. So of anyway, Fournette. anyway, anyway my larger point is nuanced that I'm not going to say never draft this guy ever. There is a context, a platform, a format where I would draft him and then release him after a week or two. But if I don't have that ability to go to the waiver wire, I ain't doing it. Radio active in best ball. All right. Enough of the free agents. Let's move on to underpriced assets as we can. Am I convincing you? No, no. I'm just for time's sake. So I'm going to, I'm going to move on. We, um, I still think, and you look at the only three running backs on the team, Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Rosalaire, with Michael P. Ryan. That's it. Yes, they're going to add a back. I still think that Edwards Alaire is involved for at least the first half of the season, if not more, in the passing game. He's not the one two down back. We'll leave it there. Agree to disagree, Billy. <laughs> back that we can agree on, who is undervalued right now, is Antonio Gibson. ADP right now. 115. Don't care. Bye. Don't care. Bye. Don't care about Antonio Gibson? I don't care. I don't care what his ADP is. I want him so bad. The fact oh, okay. that he's 114.9. Like, yeah. If, if he was 94.9, I'd be interested. This guy's a stud. This guy's comparable to Joe Mixon. And that's a real comparison. That's like a great comparison. He's 24 years old. Mixon really didn't start producing until age 24. <laughs> By 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 his age twenty four season, Gibson already has two double digit touchdown years. Hold up, time out, time out. I gotta put. I is it Kevin or Kevan? I gotta put Kevan in his place. He says I can think anything with with what I think is gonna happen inside projections and rankings. And I just want to show Kevin something real quick. You see that, Kevin? That's usually when I'm right. That's what that means. Just not this one time. That's all. <laughs> It's a, you might be you might be the fantasy pros rankings champ for the industry, which you are the last couple of years. You've been the best. You're the man. However, when it comes to Clyde Rizalaire, I'm undefeated. I wish I could bookmark this conversation. I'm going to bookmark and book. I'm re, we have it recorded. Oh, we're coming back to it. <laughs> Please. I've never been a Clyde Rizalaire fan, but here I am defending him. That's hilarious. By all means, come back to this. <laughs> By all means, it's it's it, it. These dusty running backs that are not commanding significant action in the passing game are very difficult for me to get behind. I have Gibson running back thirty in my rankings, as you he, should. 
People are saying it's too high already. I, th- I don't think it is. I think it could be higher. He set a career high in receptions last year. Yep. He was top 12 in running back targets. I mean, what are we talking about? He was top 10 in, in yards per route run. He ends up anywhere else like, oh, the Chargers. Oh, the Chiefs. There's a bunch of spots he could land in trade that he is going to be available. Uh, I also I have a suspicion that Washington wants to draft another running back in day two. I have a feeling they want one of these guys. They want an A-chain type. And that's going to make Antonio Gibson expendable. And it's going to be great. Wherever he lands, it's going to be on. Yeah, I've always liked Antonio Gibson. He's always underutilized here. I remember when we were doing the projections, Dario and I, it was like beginning of February, end of January. And I put in the notes because we had all the rosters built out, the depth charts, and put a note right there and said, neck injury, McKissick, probably done, gone. Right. And I allocated all that target share to Antonio Gibson. Take note, Kevin. That was a that was a projection there. Same thing as CEH. Even um, if he's not trading, <laughs> he's a value. <laughs> exactly. I, I love I love Gibson this year and I love his ADP even more. Um, you said it's no McKissick. No McKissick. There's no competition for targets in that backfield. <laughs> Let's go. They're going to be losing. They're going to be throwing. Hells yeah. He's got 353 receiving yards last year. Jesus. You know, he was a top 30 running back in points per game. I like this offense this year. I, I'm actually higher on Howell than a lot of people are. You, you know, I'm you, higher on Brissett. You got, you got, you got new OC. You like Brissett. I mean, I can see Brissett definitely playing this year. I and mean, he ran Cleveland's offense actually better than Deshaun Watson did when he returned. And um, he didn't have that great a weaponry. He just had Amari Cooper is a very specific type of receiver. Some quarterbacks do not operate well with Amari Cooper, especially in a number one capacity. So I actually felt bad for Brissett given the situation he was in. With this receiving core, this is a dream receiving core. It's a it's actually a really good receiving core. Yes. Right? It's, Dotson. The, it's the dream. It's the dream to have a proper X in McLaurin. Yep. Right. You have a proper Z. A, a, one of my favorite types of Z receivers in, in Samuel. And then you've got a prototypical slot guy in dots who who can actually run double moves out of the slot. Yeah. He was sneaky good in the red zone last year too. I mean, he scored a lot of touchdowns. I mean, that's why he's a little bit inflated, but But he's a good receiver. He's a good receiver. That's the thing. It's a, it's one of the better wide receiver trios and one of my favorite sort of skill distributions for the, for the receiving. Then when you add Gibson and the fact they don't really have a tight end that is commanding targets, you could just say, whoa, this things are setting up real well for Gibson. If he's on the team, if he gets traded, that's a team that wants him. That's even better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think that there's only going to be the needle's only going to point up with Gibson. It, it would have to have a really bad draft for him in order and then not be moved for it for any, I think, reduction in ADP even further than where it is. I just don't see it happening. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, if they draft like Jameer Gibbs and don't trade him, then yeah, the guys like they, fucked. They just, they just hate him. Yeah. But that is like, okay, <laughs> that's the game we play in the double digit rounds in fantasy football. Okay. Like in round 10, you're drafted Antonio Gibson. Doesn't work out. Okay. They drafted Gibbs, didn't trade him. Loser game show sound moving on. Otherwise, it's a win. Agree. Another win. Paris Campbell last year. He played a career high 17 games, 92 targets, 63 receptions, 623 receiving yards. Didn't have a lot of catches, huh? Yeah. Good at 63 receptions. I always liked Paris Campbell. You know, he came out of the OS State really quick, you know, 99th percentile speed score came out of college at 4.31. Injuries played his career so far. Prior to, to 2022, he'd only played in a total of 15 games. So he actually beat out his first three years combined last year in total games. If he can stay healthy now, right? I think like the landing spot, the giants, they didn't really have a lot of receivers here as well. Right. Richie James is now a chief. Yep. You have, um, 
Wandale coming off injury, major injury. You have Shepard, who's always injured, who's coming off, it seems like, every year a career injury. Well, Shepard is an injury. Yeah, yeah, his his injury chart's like a Christmas tree. Yeah, Sterling injury. (laughs) Um, I think that Paris Campbell can carve out a role here, a pretty large role inside this Giants offense. I think that he could keep Well, as Kevin would say, you can think anything, Billy. That's true, I can. But I agree with you on this one. (laughs) You're thinking clearly on this one. You're thinking clearly, baby. This is the right offense for him. It's it the is day ball offense. Isn't the day ball offense like so sexy and cool in this day ball offense? Oh, Paris Campbell runs a four, three super versatile. You know, he can run deep. He doesn't, he has, yes, his hands are a little shaky deep understood. They'd rather have him around the line of scrimmage. That's okay. Is that where Wandale Robinson operates? Sure. Will Wandale be ready for the start of the no, season? Not going to happen. Probably not. Right. Did Paris Campbell make any money in free agency? No. Was there nearly the same amount of money to spend in free agency around the league? No. The way the cap was reset, teams didn't have the spending money. Remember, they just had they had to spend the money. So they were giving all this money to Aguilar. Remember all these players? We talked about on the decision point how some of these players were just lucky when they happened to be free agents. Yep. Aguilar, Bourne, SLR. Zay Jones. And then the money wasn't there. A couple players that are premium players like a guard not even a premium player but a guard like Lindstrom he's going to get some money but all these all these free agents across the board at every position everyone's like oh wow the, you know underwhelming contract it's like there wasn't there wasn't the money to spend the, a lot of this money's been committed and all these teams are trying to hoard money to afford these quarterbacks and they're paying Derek Carr all the money so this is why, and they've got all this dead cap money tied up and all these bad contracts that are being moved around the league. That's why the money just wasn't there to spend on a chart, to spend on a cable. And I feel bad for them because I think in another year, they would have made four or five X the money. I'm not too concerned that they didn't command the money in free agency. He commanded the targets last year. He had multiple double digit target games. He has the athletic, you know, an explosive profile that we're looking for. And there's no target competition. What are we talking about here? ADP? You have to think you he guess can't where his play. ADP's at? If you're not drafting him at this ADP. You have to think that he's bad. It's my most owned player across all formats and all sites. He's going FFPC right now. 215. It's wacky. Yeah, and I understand really there's, there's a lot of injury risk baked in, but still. 215. 215 is like just free. 215. Free. Love it. Where's Isaiah Hodgins going? Hodgins? Yeah, I'm guessing Hodgins is going way earlier. Hodgins Even though is Isaiah going- Hodgins is, is not better. Like, you know, Hodgins most going people think that Hodgins... 172.4 okay. right now. People think Hodgins is a better player, which is silliness. So you're talking 50 picks? It's ridiculous. Four rounds later. What has Hodgins done? Hodgins has never even had 400 receiving yards in his career. He had a pretty good stretch last year, though. He had a good stretch. So did Campbell. And Campbell was actually drafted in the second round ahead of DK Metcalf. Because he was awesome at Ohio State for a couple of years. He's really versatile. Everyone talks about these are the kinds of receivers that NFL teams covet. And then the, the Giants get a bargain on him. And he ends up in just the right offense that you would want. And then you're like, eh, meh. Like, what do, hello. What do you do again? Can you do that sound for me one more time? Eh, <laughs> <laughs> not that into him like why 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 not draft him it's too easy it doesn't have to be hard what's going on yeah that one that one really blew my hair back when i saw it on the show sheet i was like is that right is that true the next thing you're gonna tell me is like rondale moore is going you know in in round 13 pretty close 132 FFPC ADP. Shut going up. Round 11 to 13. It's Shut another player. Shut up. And I guess I just like really short, quick wide receivers this year. Uh, no, but this is the, I, I mentioned him because he is another guy. Second round, 4-3, really versatile, 
shaky hands downfield, but can run the full route tree when called upon. He's the guy scoring touchdowns on, on jet sweeps. He's in and around the line of scrimmage, making big plays, shedding tacklers. And we know DeAndre Hopkins is on the move, right? They're saying traded or cut. One of the He's going to command a bunch of targets, especially from a, like a, like a replacement level quarterback that's going to have to keep the ball close to the line of scrimmage. There's, You're going to have a stretch of month. I guarantee there's going to be a month where Rondale Moore out targets Marquise Brown. Oh, absolutely. That, there's going to be at least one month where that is true, just like there's going to be a month where Campbell out targets Hodgins, if not for the full season. There was three games last year where Rondo Moore had 10 plus targets inside those games. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be a target monster this year, especially once Hopkins officially gone. And people, people are always reactive. Like they don't try to look and be a visionary and look to the future of what's going to happen. But we expect Hopkins gone. I've expected him gone since the beginning of the year. 22.5% target share, roughly 140 targets is what's going to be up for grabs here to be spread amongst this offense. That is so many targets that are going to be available for anyone to pick up. And I understand the quarterback situation is a little shaky right now. The, the, a the, little. The, the week one quarterback is probably not on the roster at this point. Right? Well, that's and, what we did. We, we, we found out, we predicted on the Sonic Truth there's going to be McSorley, but McSorley's not even on the roster yet. No, it's not McSorley either. We're, we're projecting they're going to sign McSorley because he knows the offense and he's played with them before. But as of right now, we're waiting to see when Colt McCoy is going to be ready. It's wild. And then we get to play it the, could be Wentz. I don't know. And say Wentz is still available. Yeah, it could How, be Wentz. However, if we, if they sign Trace McSorley, at least we get to play the Trace McSorley song again. I like Trace McSorley because he has a little bit of mobility. He does just have a little, just a little mo. Just, I just need a little bit of mobility. It would be nice if they could somehow get uh, Taysom Hill. That'd be fun. Oh man, I no, I'm done with Taysom Hill experiment. Just when, as a quarterback, it's fun when he's running around and you know whatever. It's just it, it, may, it makes it interesting. At least that offense, something to shake up that offense would be good. But if I were an NFL general manager, I would have two of these guys. I would have Campbell and Rondale Moore. I would have two of these guys. And again, Wandale similar. I'd I'd have at least two wide receivers that I could deploy as running backs as needed. That is something I would absolutely have. And I would probably only have two running backs on the roster with a, with a, at least two receivers that could also play running back on demand. Like I would be the NFL GM that is like has multiple runs with Cordell Patterson. Like Cordell would have played for us in like, you know, 94 to 95 <laughs> or 2004, 2005, whatever the run in 2015, whatever it is. Like that guy, you know, Devin Hester. All the, I love those guys. I think that they 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 have a role. Um, now again, Devin Hester is more of a special teams ace, understood. But that spectrum of Devin Hester through the Paris Campbells and the Rondale Moores, they're weapons, and they they belong in offenses. You certainly want a proper alpha. You want like a Michael Pittman out there. Yes, you want a guy that can just get open at will, like Devontae Smith. Yes, you want the yes, of course, you want those guys. A Jahan Dotson is nice to have. And then I'm going to have, I'm going to have either a Curtis Samuel, a Paris Campbell, a Rondale Moore. In real football, too, those guys are really valuable. Next player I want to talk about who was potentially dead last year, off people's radar. He's back now. Irv Smith. In redraft right now, it's catching up. ADP's catching up. Best ball, he's starting to go in that, you know, Isaiah Likely range. That's it? Yeah. Just the had, Likely range? He hasn't climbed yet. He's starting to climb, but it, it, he's still been pretty cheap. Even with the, with the you know, free agency news, I think people are just afraid of, you know, his injuries and what he's done and what he hasn't done in the past. But I like his ADP. I like the landing spot. I, you couldn't have, I, there's very few spots. I can't think of a better spot for him to land. No, 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 no. It's, like it's, like a running back. it's like a running back going to Cincinnati. It's like, this is a dream scenario. Theo Greminger talking about it on Twitter today. Like that's the spot. That's the smash spot is to go to Cincinnati. Absolutely. Yes, please. 
Yeah, I'm I'm loving the spot, and I know they're not going to trade T Higgins now. But if they did, imagine now the opportunity is going to have there, and I, I don't think it's going to happen anymore. I know that was kind of the news earlier. We're not expecting it to happen. It, I think it would have happened by now, unless they're offered this massive package. But I like Irv Smith in 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 this offense. I think it's going to be you know just a great fit for them and the Bengals. Be able to utilize him in the red zone as well. I think it's it's this might be the year that he officially actually breaks out. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily about the contract with him either. I just think that there wasn't a lot of money to be spent this year. Yep. They spent a bunch of their free agent money last year on guard because they needed to do that. The next tight end there on the roster is Devin Aziazi, Tanner Hudson. It's a bunch of retreads that have gone nowhere. And Irv Smith is the locked in starter. I mean, he's gained some weight. He used to be a pure move tight end. He's now getting up in the upper 240s. He knows he needed to add weight. He's got that Eric Ebron athletic profile. Mm-hmm. He's got those Eric Ebron hands. I, I get it. There's there certainly he leaves you wanting anyone that watches him. Yes. But it's it, Hayden Hurst like was serviceable last year for stretches. And Irv Smith's faster, better than than Hayden Hurst. I like it. He's also just He's a dented can because like the guy had multiple serious injuries that he's coming back from cost him, you know, half of the half of the season last year. He's in his whole career. He's never played more than 14 games. These, these are serious injuries. High ankle sprain that cost him eight games. Serious high ankle sprain. Meniscus tear cost him a season in 2021. So he's been through it in his lower body. When healthy, and he's not old. He's 24 years old. 24 years old. That's the year that tight ends break out. Most tight ends don't have the opportunities he's had to break out. And especially in DFS, he is, oh, he's been a killer. He's been, it's been so bad. All over the years, people lost a lot of money playing him in DFS. Mm, yeah, me included. But... Right. But I'm fine being, and I love being right about players. One of my rules is like, you really, you really want to come in at like 239 pounds at tight end. You really want to try to play that game with me, right? You, you, you're trying to pull a, you know, an Evan Ingram rookie year out of your hat. Yeah. That's once a decade. You're going to get that kind of season from a move tight end. And every year they they talk me to these move tight ends. This year, this draft class, there's like three. Everyone's into these 240 type pound tight ends again. And I'm like, okay, keep talking. Cool. Right. And I'm like trying to find the athletic guys that are 255, and their hit rate is so much higher. So much higher. And so I've been out on Irv Smith this whole career. Haven't haven't given him any thought while everyone was getting run over by him in DFS in particular. And uh, now I'm looking up going, uh, yeah, this is interesting. I, I might be in. It's like, it's like Kareem Hunt. He's my tight end Kareem Hunt, although he's never been good. At least Kareem Hunt was good for a period of time. So it's not like a tight end Kareem Hunt. I got to find another example. He's a, he's a tight end version of uh, some kind of player that has never been good, that I called correctly the entire way. But finally... At some point, you think, okay, this guy's a value. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in on him. I haven't projected right now. Twelve percent target share, seventy-two targets, fifty-one receptions, about four hundred fifty yards, and just under five scores. You think that's about right? For that's what? where he belongs. But the upside is like six hundred plus yards. Correct. Yeah, yeah. This is again mean projections, right? If yeah. if I were, if I were to do upside projections, absolutely, we could we could bump it up to like you know ten yards per reception if not more you know and give him a little like 12 and a half percent 13 percent target share and i think that would get him near there but i think this is like not necessarily the floor right because we've seen his floor pretty much his whole career but this is this would be those numbers would be a career year for irv smith he has not eclipsed more than 47 targets in his entire career right and i but this in my opinion is probably the year it happens this will be a career year for irv smith inside this Bengals offense they are going to draft a tight end yeah, guaranteed. Guaranteed. They're drafting a tight end <laughs> in the first what, two rounds, probably. Yep. So we'll we'll see who that is. 
You know, if it's a Kincaid coming off injury, we'll see who it is. You know, we'll see who it is. I'm interested. I'm interested to see who they draft. Musgrave would really be be tough for Irv Smith. Musgrave has size. Musgrave is an athlete. Musgrave's not coming off injury. So that would be bad news for Irv Smith. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. The things things could could nuke him, but you could do a lot worse at that ADP among the tight end position, especially in tight end premium like uh, the FFPC. I had a question for you about a player we haven't talked. I figured this guy would be on the list because he's not dead yet. I think he's got one season left in him. What was that? Odell Beckham. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Um. I I definitely think he has one good season left in him. Still, I don't I don't I think, think so. we'll ever see the Odell Beckham that everyone remembers the Giants years where he you know the the crazy catch the is what made his career right. I don't those days are long gone. Can he be a number Ooh, two in an offense? Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. that was literally nine years ago. I can't believe it's been nine years. That's crazy. That was but nine it, years ago. What I was thinking was like nine years. when he tore the ACL in the Super Bowl. That was a gut punch oh yeah whatever you want to think about him on the field off the field whatever your opinion is that hurt me when i saw that in the and i was like i was like because i know because we have like the injury finder app that's that the new injury finder predictions for this year coming out very soon we have fragility ratings coming it's all coming it's very exciting but knowing what I know about these injury recovery timetables, especially guys that are past the age apex when they get injured, I was like, wait a second. This guy's in his late 20s, tears his ACL in February. He's, he's, this is two lost seasons we're looking at. This is horrible. Yeah, like, I, I, almost, like, I almost had a tear. Like I was like, I feel so, I could see his face because he knew it. And then you could see, he was starting to come to the realization of what it meant for his career all in real time on the field in like a Super Bowl setting. It was so heartbreaking. And so now I can't be objective. Like, I really want him to come back. I really want him to do well. Do you hear the cap of money he's asking for? It'll never happen. He's how much? He wants one year, 15 million. For receiver with his resume, man, I, I, with his, I, I, I mean, I don't think so. Not this year. I don't think it's going to happen. But no. I, I can get, I get that as a starting point. He's like one year starting point for negotiation. Given his brand equity, I totally get it. I just think that you're right that he's probably going to end up like eleven and a half or something. Yeah, it's going to come down for sure. Let me get, but look, look at how much money teams have to spend. They don't have the money. That's the problem. That's probably he's probably gonna end up selling for even less to go where he wants. Yeah, it, I mean, you got to think his point in his career where now he's more interested in a ring than he is potentially fifteen million. Like if he can get eleven and go to a team that's has a chance at doing it, I, I, I mean, I personally would. You know, maybe maybe he is after the money. Some players only want the money, but I could force, I could see him wanting to go for that ring and and finish it off. I mean, if you're Buffalo. Aren't you just trying to load up on talent? Aren't you sick and tired of being sick and tired of not having anyone that can squeeze the football or make plays opposite Stefan Diggs? Oh, it's it's always Stefan Diggs, man. I love Stefan Diggs. How, but how are they? It's just irresponsible for them to keep eating these L's in the playoffs. They have keep to keep being the Super weapons. Bowl favorite and keep face planning in the playoffs and not go all fucking in to make sure that Josh Allen is not hung out to dry every single time that Stefan Diggs is covered. I agree. They have to get him some help. Bye stream. Be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all.
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com That's the new graphic to start? That's it? Oh, wow. That was... I'm shaking. It might be one second too long without sound, but it's pretty It's pretty damn perfect. I don't know, man. I'm kind of a fan. Should we do it again? Can you do it again? Do it again. Do it, do it again. I was trying to find Clyde Lair in the running back rankings, and I kept typing in his name. Did you change his name to bad running back or who? <laughs> it's been bad running back for a year. <laughs> it's bad running back. <laughs> I can't believe we have him so high. So th- this is a situation where he's much dustier. It's like, <laughs> yes, I get it. Blowing up the dust. Aston game upside is not there. You want to chase the LeGarrette Blunt 20 <laughs> touchdowns? Is that what you're doing? No, no. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I know you're a terrible devil's advocate. I mean, that is just evil. Bye, stream. <laughs>